At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5GB data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the last ever episode of the world's greatest Spidey podcast. Here comes the Spidercast. I am your co-host Mike Allen. As always, I'm joined by Joshua Mervell. And today, for our for our final episode, we're going to be taking a look at the end of December of 1989 in Spidey Comics. That's right. And as usual, we are joined by GI Jolie. Woo! <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Usually, hasn't been making it, but here she yes. is. Just force of habit for me to say that. Um, also joined by a Bex Luthor. I also haven't been here in a while, but That's I was true. having a mental health crisis, and I'm better. I, I'm okay. <laughs> That's I'm good. Less in crisis than I was. Remember, kids, take time off. Don't That's right. Work yourself, otherwise, then you can't do the things that are fun because you're too busy crying all the time. Spider-Man. Anyway, I what's hear going that. on? Anyway, okay. <laughs> Spidey. <time. laughs> um, so yeah, um, as everyone knows, we do record this ahead of time. So it's actually January second right now. This episode will air, I think, the ninth. No, the week after the ninth. So yeah, it's kind of like sixteenth. Sixteenth, yeah. something like that. We can't do math, but anyway. So this it's is uh, That's all that matters. So here's the thing. It's the it, we're reviewing the last month of 1989, which is the end of the 80s, which is the end of the friendly neighborhood parameters of this podcast. Coincidentally, <laughs> it's also the month before Todd McFarlane left Amazing Spider-Man. Another thing that happened in the exact same month was Rob Liefeld began on New Mutants. So this is kind of like a transitionary time for comics for good or ill, right? So this is like the end of the real end of the um, Bronze Age and the beginning of the, well, whatever you want to call it, the Image Age or whatever. So we are, oh, (laughs) hold on. I was about to jump into reviewing comics, but but, uh, I have a special announcement to make. Would you guys like to know what I discovered? Look at this, guys. Can you see this? Okay, all the people at home only uh, listening are enjoying this right now because right now I'm holding up a piece of paper with all kinds of tiny writing on it. And the subtitle to this is how I spent the summer of, you know, my entire high school career. This is my list of Spidey comics from when I was a teenager. Uh, Every number, every writer, artist on every issue, what happened. And it's about uh, 20 pages thick. Okay. Jesus. Wow. And this is what I used to do with my free time: is document what happened in every issue. Okay. In between, like kissing girls, right? Ex- well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When yeah. I could, yeah. Sometimes um, both at the same time. Exactly. Well, this is how yeah. I got girls to kiss me. Yeah. Obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, sometimes one in <laughs> Just each pull hand. out your manifesto. I mean, hey, <laughs> once they saw the detail in this uh, this database, I mean, there was no stopping them, yeah. right? Like, look at this. Oh, oh, Spider Slayer appearance, Spider Woman appearance, Hobby. I even had nicknames instead of Hobgoblin Hobby. Like, it, this is all right here. This is like, like a very, very viable database. This is Hobby. very cute. I Thank love you. this. Yeah. Thank that's you. amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So there you go. I did find it. I've been talking about it the whole time we've done the podcast, and I did actually manage to find it. So there you go. It, it still exists. Did your parents have it, or like where no, was it? No, I had it like in one of my plastic bins in like my house. It just oh. had never been unpacked. So yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Wait, wait, so what, what does it go up to? What's that? Does it does it cover all of the eighties, or like what is what is your list? Uh, okay, cover. Cool. It, it like the the real detailed stuff is pretty much all the hobgoblin stuff okay starting around right. where hobgoblin appears and then the list runs out at amazing 339 spectacular 168 and web 68 so around september 82 september uh, 90 92 uh, 90 yeah, yeah. Mm. so that's kind of where okay. i start to lose interest a little bit coincidentally mm. so Only when six- did the todd mcfarland spider-man run start like the, the Spider-Man, the 90s Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man? Um, yeah. It was probably soon 90, after 90, this. I believe. Yeah. yeah, I was like, was it September 1990? When Mike was like, absolutely not, and just <laughs> threw the list. No, but I did buy those religiously. It's just that I was like, I remember go- walking to the bus stop every day and thinking, okay, now I need to get Spectacular Spider-Man 104, you know, with the Wasp. And like, th- this, was w- this was when my obsession began with collecting comics. And it ended about a year ago. So um, yeah, you saw it in real time. You know what I mean? So yeah, we, we don't, we don't. You don't obsess over comic books at all anymore. Not at all. I've, I've been cured. So anyway, yes, why we have a podcast? Of, Back yeah. to the Spider-Man comic book. And podcast. by the way, we, we'd also like to announce that starting next week, we'll be doing two new podcasts, actually three, all dedicated to comic books. So be sure to join us. Anyway, let's jump into reviews of Spidey comics. This week's first choice is. Uh, First what is choice. It? Uh, it's Web <laughs> of Spider-Man chose. number 59 featuring Puma and Titania. Yeah. Uh, as always, I'll be yeah, recapping Web of. Right. Um, it's another chapter in the Acts of Vengeance saga. Uh, we So in this Acts of Vengeance saga, to recap what's been going on so far, a bunch of villains in marvel's rogues gallery is like are are teaming up together and they're swapping good guys to to fight each other um so hopefully they'll have better luck if like dr doom fights spider-man instead of reed richards or uh you know kingpin is gonna go fight uh she hulk or something like that so they're kind of like swapping all of the the villains for different villains and hopes that there's going to be some sort of like better result at the end. Um, I believe it's the the wizard. What's his name? Wizard, right? The wizard. Yeah. Yes, the, the wizard. wizard. He, That's it. Yeah, he's like the mastermind behind all of this. So he's he's recruited Doctor Doom, Kingpin, Magneto, and those are like the three main guys. And throughout all of it, they've also been hiring other supervillains to kind of join them for like one-off battles um and also while this has been going on there was a science experiment or so peter thinks it was a science experiment that altered his dna that has given him um pretty much every single superpower you can possibly imagine and as these books are going on he's just gaining more and more abilities Mm. um so i think as of now he's got like energy blasts that he can do from his hands he can manipulate his webs to form different objects so i believe last week we talked about him forming 
uh, his webs into like a hand that he was able to actually like form and grab different things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also got like crazy vision. Um, not just like it's like spider sense for his eyes, essentially, like he can see things from really far away and uh, he can kind of like see them almost before they happen. I don't know if maybe that's working with his spider sense or not, uh, but he's got all of these different powers. And then through these books, he's gaining more like he can fly now and he's, uh, you know, bulletproof, I don't know, whatever. He's got all of these different powers. Um, also around this time, um uh, uh 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 oh i always forget his first name ironheart um thomas. Not ironheart thomas thomas fireheart fireheart he, yeah he uh he's taken over the daily bugle so he's now the owner and jj has been kicked out um i think that's pretty much it robbie robertson is kicking around and uh he's finally been found after him and tombstone escaped the prison and that trial has been going on recently and his lawyer is back in the picture and is trying to get him pardoned so um a lot's going on right now all while this acts of vengeance storyline is 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 happening so that's kind of the backstory of what's been going on and we get that uh right at the start of this issue we kind of get a recap of spidey having to face the fact that he's got all of these new powers and it's just kind of weighing on him way more than it normally does because um with way more powers comes way more responsibility (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a catchy Uh, tagline to me right uh so that's kind of what he's explaining to mj right now as he uh swings off of their apartment roof and um he's i think Peter Parker's got to go to something. Uh, yeah, he has an appointment at the Daily Bugle because um, Fireheart is Thomas Fireheart is like doing some sort of announcement or something. So we cut over to Doctor Doom. He is uh, spying on, or not spying. He's like watching Titania train in one of her facilities, and she um, is a little bit shaken up. uh, from last time she fought Spider-Man. So when Dr. Doom suggests that she joins uh, his team to kind of fight people she normally doesn't, she's a little bit scared. So she she actually has a phobia of Spider-Man. So what what he does is he plants a chip on her, which gets rid of her fears, apparently. So then she finally agrees and goes on this crazy rampage and uh tries to find spider-man also now my dog is squeaking his squeaker toy of course i thought that's what i heard yeah why don't you play with this one for now because it doesn't have a squeaker go and i'll fill time by talking about the (laughs) flexograph color process used for this issue no go ahead josh uh so after we see uh titania burst out of the facility and and head right towards new york to get spider-man Mm-hmm. Um, we see Dr. Doom kind of again mention that Spider-Man has grown way more powerful and this like these new abilities might come into uh, play later on. He can hopefully use them for his own plans. Uh, so we come back to the bugle. Uh, Thomas Fireheart is talking about how they're going to be switching up uh, how they talk about Spider-Man in the headlines and they are no longer going to be calling him a menace. They're going to treat him like a hero and everybody in the bugle is kind of mixed about this. Um, 
Joey, Joey Mercado in particular is kind of upset because um, JJ is wrong for being so biased and and talking about Spider-Man as a villain. Uh, but it's just as biased to ignore all of that and just prop him up as a hero when they don't really know everything about Spider-Man. So there's a little bit of tension going on right now. And while all of these announcements are happening, we see Titania burst through and she's screaming, looking for Spider-Man. They obviously know how to find him. So she's there. Um, Thomas, uh, you know, Mr. Fireheart sees this and, uh, <laughs> Before changing it to Puma, he knocks out Joy, who is in his office. To... It's Kate Cushing. Oh, Kate. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. Knocks out Kate Cushing, who is in his office. He transforms into the Puma, as we all we all know um, uh, is his alter ego. Uh, and he jumps out and starts... Uh, fighting Titania, but is immediately just thrown out of the building. And in that time, Peter was able to turn into Spider-Man and saves Iron, uh, 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 Fireheart Puma and puts him over onto a building. And then essentially we get this big punching match between Spider-Man and Titania. Um, she punches him off of the building. They, he, she like pins him to the ground in the street and throws him up against a flagpole and is ripping up the road and throwing it at him, smashing him into cars. Like all of this, this like huge fights happening. Thomas actually gets back up and is able to scratch Titania, which rips off the inhibitor chip that is taking her fear away. And we get this quick moment of her uh scared of spider-man for just a moment and then realizing that no i'm not actually scared of you i've been fighting you for 20 minutes and nothing's changed so they start punching each other again and then spider-man isn't able to hold back his new powers that he's received and he blasts her with this like energy beam which like knocks her through a bunch of buildings and completely knocks her out uh we cut over to him as he's looking up and seeing uh katzenberg with his like crazy super vision and he's like oh shit i can't believe I, I wasn't able to hold back and she's completely knocked out now i don't know what i'm gonna do we see that dr doom has been watching all of this on his like mm -hmm. doom bot surveillance cameras and we're kind of left on a cliffhanger there to see what's gonna happen next um in the the next chapter of the acts of vengeance storyline yeah okay so before we go any further because I know that, Becca, you've missed a few episodes, but have you talked about I, Acts of Vengeance yet? No, but I have read it all. Okay. Uh, up to this point, at least. Like, I did read all the comics, I just didn't come on the show. Okay. Yes. You know, that's how we do things. Um, like I said, wasn't wasn't feeling good. Um, feeling better now. But I did read all the Spider-Man comics, so I know what was going on. And I know about the Acts of Vengeance because... Um, of it being dumb, and I heard of it before. Um, so yeah, so that's fun. Um, I think the Red Skull's involved, but I don't know if he's in any of these issues. Like event, like I, uh, yeah, I don't know if he is either, but he's involved somehow. You're right. Yeah, because I the what I know about Acts of Vengeance before coming into like the Spider-Man version is one, Spider-Man gets these cool powers. And two, <clears throat> Magneto and Red Skull have it out because you have a Nazi trying to work with a, a Holocaust survivor. Mm. Good, good job, Marvel. Um, 
So yeah, so I know what's been going on. Um, have I been enjoying it? Not particularly. Right. Unfortunately, for the end of the Spider Cast, the Axe of Vengeance is not the grandest of events. Um, it's, it's not as bad of... as Secret Wars, but it's boring. It's going out with a whimper rather than a bang. Mm. I was gonna say that. Um, <laughs> and isn't Loki is involved too, right? I don't know how oh, much. Oh, you know what's funny? That brings back a memory. Can I share my quick memory? Yeah, my yeah. friend remembers when they revealed that Loki was secretly behind the Axe of Vengeance and he was so excited because he's like, this is going to make Thor so popular. And me and my friend were like, no, it's not. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> this was back when Thor was at the very bottom of the popularity, you know, right. charts and Marvel. So anyway. Yeah, then you just make him Chris Hemsworth and all of a sudden everyone yeah, cares know. about Thor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it is loki but i don't think i don't know if he's in any of the spider-man related issues because it spans most of like the avengers and some x-men and stuff too right it, i i think it oh it affected everything as far as i yeah, remember right yeah. just it's like inferno but like right i don't know you would think with all of these bad guys teaming up that would be a little bit more interesting but right now they're just like sending goons to fight people right mm-hmm. and it's like ah Titania can't beat She-Hulk, so I guess she'll beat Spider-Man. Uh, like, just send Doctor Doom. Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert! We're not going to be getting to the uh, end of this. Yeah, um, like not in this, this storyline, not in this pod- Maybe podcast. Maybe in the future. It's of- unfortunate because the end's cool. Oh, okay, that's good to know because unfortunately, this storyline doesn't make me super excited to get to the ending of it. So I was going to mm. say like. I'll definitely read the Wikipedia page for this, but I don't know if I would continue this storyline on my own so far. Well, okay, so G.I. Jolie, do you know anything about Acts of Vengeance? I know that it sucks. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yeah, I know that I mean, this in particular is like, you know what, it doesn't suck. It's just, it's just like, okay, and it's, like Becca said, it's just kind of boring. I, I, think, I think the key thing is is whenever you think about a famous storyline uh like whatever it may be like dark phoenix saga or born again they're always coming out of uh an interesting idea or like a character arc but what is this story it's let's switch opponents and fight different superheroes it's like yeah. it might as well be survivor series right it's well the the one thing that i did find interesting the most interesting about this was is like Fireheart is the editor-in-chief of the Daily Bugle. Like, mm-hmm. that is the drama that I'm here for. Yes. Is the fact that he's ousted JJJ and, like, the whole team is in chaos, except for, like, they're writing really awesome stories about Spider-Man instead of writing garbage nonsense that's not real about Spider-Man. So, like, that's more interesting to me than... The Doctor Doom Titania stuff. Right. I I think the big problem with this, I think it's a really interesting idea. I just don't think that um, they put any thought into who, which villain should be what should be uh, fighting which hero. Um, I think um, getting like a brainiac to fight Reed Richards and outsmart him is like a fun idea or getting somebody who is more like or less of a street level uh, a hero maybe somebody more like 
Galactic or something like that can come in and fight Spider-Man because he's so used to being straight level. Like there's no rhyme or reason to this switch up. It's just kind of like a Mm -hmm. way to bring in other characters into Spidey comics to advertise that there's other comics going on at the same time. So I think that is why this is so crummy. Well, also, you know, if you were going to have a surprise villain in Spider-Man, Titania is the last person I would ever think of. Like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like, why Considering not get... they've already fought before too, right? Yeah, but, but also like, why not get, I don't know, like a rare X-Men villain or a rare something. I don't know. Like, t- I, and nothing wrong with Titania per se, but she's just not big enough. Granted, mm. they had to fill, is it nine issues? Or 12 issues of Spider-Man. So granted, there was a lot... To, to pick from but i don't know maybe that's the problem at least with this issue is that it wasn't just an interesting enough character and mm. considering not much happened and by the way i gotta say this whole subplot of her being hypnotized kind of um because she's scared of spider-man but then she's not but then she is but then she isn't it's that is just a waste of space yeah in my opinion just I, cut I think, that out i think it's also so crazy that they chose her knowing that next month they would be bringing in the hulk to fight spider-man right so it's kind of like redundant they're the same like they have the same power set so it feels weird that he's again just fighting an extremely strong person yeah with nothing really else so and and that's um, the thing well that's the thing you're right there's no chance for the for a clever um like uh method to win or lose the fight like she's just strong if it was someone like i don't know who but maybe if it was like i'm trying to think of a cool x-men villain i don't know who sunfire let's just say mm-hmm. at least it's like oh well my new cosmic powers have to go against the guy this guy that can control heat or fire at least maybe there could have been something clever there or um of course i can't think of anything on the spot but you get my point right like, yeah to, to face off against a, a power set he's never met before could have uh generated some interesting story ideas but just being really strong is not really interesting enough Mm -hmm. so anyway obviously the art is the same as always alex saviak and keith williams um since this this is our last episode i will say that alex saviak goes on to draw spider-man for the next 12 years um or something like that like he draws web of spider-man for like another 50 issues he does the daily strip he does the spider-man adventures uh animated adaptation so yeah Alex Savik is around for a while if you're a big fan of his art. So I guess the question is, do we recommend this comic book? Josh, do you recommend it? Oh, man, it's not awful by any means, but I think it's just especially for this big event thing that they're they're talking mm-hmm. about. It's not great. Like, it's just kind of whatever. Right, um, right, right. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. It's. It's also interesting to see um, Spidey having like new powers, but I wish we could kind of see him struggle to use them a little bit more or like right. he can have some more things in his day to day life maybe that are like becoming a challenge because he's got these abilities that he doesn't know how to use yet. Kind of right. like what we see when he first gets his spider powers. Right. Um, so there's like a lot of interesting ideas but i don't think at any point in this storyline are they like utilized well yeah i agree um gi jolie what do you think would you recommend this comic book no 
Oh, you're on mute. Oh, you're muted. I'm muted, but my voice recorder isn't. Yeah. Um, no. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a big, dumb fight scene, eh? Uh, it's not even... Yeah, it's not even an, a terribly interesting fight scene. Um, you get this really great excuse of, like, you know, Titania wearing a wrestling singlet and, like, you know, being half naked from the belly button up. That's fine. <laughs> her her breasts look great while they Shout fight. Out. Shout out to Titania's boobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. That's all I can recommend this for. One more thing I got to say, the more I read about Thomas Fireheart, a.k.a. Puma, a.k.a. Puma, <laughs> uh, I, I really think he would make a great villain in a Spider-Man movie because he's so multifaceted. But anyway, I'm just going to leave it at that. I thought you were going to say because he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate him. <laughs> um, so, Becca, do you recommend this issue? No. Uh, yes. Um... <laughs> I am so torn because the whole Spider-Man getting these new cosmic powers is dope and him dealing with it and the greater power equals greater responsibility bit, that's super Spider-Man. That's right up Spider-Man's alley. Him talking to Mary Jane on the rooftop, that's great. Everything that has to do with the bad guys sending other bad guys to fight him sucks. <laughs> hmm Like. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate because this is like a co- really cool piece of Spider-Man history is when... I don't know if I should spoil anything. Eh, you might as well. But uh, when he gets the Enigma Force powers, this is sick. And like, there's a really good what if that came out of this, right? What if he keeps them? Because obviously he he doesn't, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. he doesn't keep them. But I could imagine you being a Spider-Man fan in the 80s, Mike, and Spider-Man gets these flight cosmic powers and you just being pissed about it. <laughs> well, it's just that it just makes this whole Acts of Vengeance not interesting. Because now... The, the whole concept is what would happen if these other people fought Spider-Man, but it's not even really Spider-Man. It's Captain Universe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But yeah. you know. Uh-huh. But you know. What if he kept the powers, though? Maybe that's more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No? Just cut out all the, the <laughs> acts of engine shit and just let him get the Enigma Force and Captain Universe powers and, and have him do that. And maybe Galactus shows up or somebody like... Does anyone worthy of... No. He fights like a sentinel at the end, right? That's how this ends? Yeah. It's almost like it's two different stories that don't match. It's almost like, what if it was Inferno, but it was on an asteroid? Well, that kind of (laughs) defeats the... Okay, anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't go together. So, anyway, yeah. It doesn't work. So, like, maybe if we cut out all the villain shit... We have Spider-Man. He gets these cosmic powers. There is a cosmic level threat to the Earth. Spider-Man saves the day. You know, maybe that could have been cool. But that's all that happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so are we you get a keep- cool-ass suit over it. So really, I can't. You read it. I recommend it all. Fuck are you going to keep reading uh, Web of Spider-Man after the podcast is done? Uh, Probably just to finish up the... I want to see how it ends. Sure. Acts of Vengeance. All right. Josh, do you recommend this issue? Uh, I don't know. Not really. It's 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 fine. I don't hate it by any means, but eh, you know. Right. You know, like I actually when I sold my web of Spider-Man's, 
uh, when I was a kid, like I got rid of them and I think I kept everything up until the issue before Acts of Vengeance started. So that shows you how much I liked Acts of Vengeance. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, we are going to now jump to the next issue. But before we do that, I have to give a quick little Spidey Spidercast trivia. Would any Ooh, of our no. listeners care to guess? Oh, them, not or, me. Or cool. would any of our co-hosts care to guess? Shit. What Bex Luthor's first guest appearance was on our show. Oh, wow. Bruh, Without... who knows? Wait, maybe I do so, know. I think it would be after 10 for sure. Was it Was it Josh? the annual with Monica Rambo? What? Is he even allowed to guess? Like... Uh, who Dude, I shouldn't be allowed to guess, but I don't <laughs> yeah, know I either. Guess. <laughs> I, I have no idea what it is, but I know. Uh, G.I. Julie, you can also guess. No. 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 <laughs> I, I can't even remember what I wore yesterday, today. Okay, just so you know, Becca, the Amazing Spider-Man Annual was your second appearance. But your ah. first appearance, you ready for this? That's- yeah. Episode number 13. 13. Oh, Josh was so close. Was Lucky yeah. number 13. We were reviewing Amazing Spider-Man 218, Peter Parker 56, and Marvel Team-Up 107. What, ha- uh, what happened in that one? I have no idea. <laughs> what was Marvel Team-Up 107? What was that? I mean, are you asking me to go listen to the... I mean, I can click on it. Hold on yeah, a second. I'm sure. just going to Google Marvel. it real okay. quick. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'll click on the link, and I will let see. our listeners know... She-Hulk. It Don't is. remember that. Don't remember talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man and She-Hulk. There you go. Uh, okay, quick question. When was G.I. Jolie's first ever guest appearance? Dude, I didn't study. Come on. You have to guess. <laughs> I for Jolie. sure don't know. Uh, episode think... 7. Nope. It was actually after your first yeah, guest appearance. Yeah, I was going to say. it Was Was it? Uh-huh. I guess she say... is a lot busier than me. <laughs> I'm going to say 21. It was actually episode 30. 30? Wow. Uh, And I don't have the whole list here, but it was Amazing Spider-Man 234 plus whatever came out that month. I I held out for a very long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and then there's two more quick facts. Um, After a few... And then I just never went away. Oh, it was Amazing Spider-Man versus Will of the Wisp. Everyone remember him? Yep. That was my first one. And he was That's on the so- cover like this? Yeah. And you came back? Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> again and again and again. Uh, yeah, he was on the cover like that. How'd you remember that? And then it's also, so then cover. basically what happened was after a few sporadic appearances, uh, Jolie joined the crew first, like permanently starting with episode 47. And Becca joined the crew permanently, not until 73. Oh, that's damn. A, that's a long wow. time. In. That's after more than a year. That's crazy. What What, what was I doing? That's I a good couldn't have been doing anything. I know, like, literally. <laughs> spider cast. I know. All these episodes you were not on. Isn't that weird? Was I just at work? It, it may be. Yes. I think around that time is when, you know, the big thing happened. Oh, COVID. The no, big P. It, it was yeah. actually before oh, that. Oh, I was like, what? What did I do? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing Becca, in my no, life changed at all from the okay, pandemic. Okay, you something so... crazy? No, Becca did not join until January 13th, 2021. That can't be right. Oh, that was a year ago. No, that was two years ago. Two years ago. But that but, means... But like, did I, cu- did I do like sporadic episodes? Just, just sporadic. Like just yeah. a few in between. 
Well, January 2021, that was definitely like lockdown pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. That was the yeah. Christmas nobody. Yeah, I, that's was, true. I was not yeah. at work. That's true. Yeah. Okay, that's probably part and of I why. was longing for human contact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <There we laughs> all. Somebody yeah. talk, talk to me <laughs> about anything. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I didn't mean to laugh that hard. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Trust I me. I know, nobody wants to contact me. It's fine. Why do you think I was doing five podcasts a week? You know what I mean? That's the only human contact <laughs> I had. No, it's just three. Yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> paring it down. Okay, so anyway, there's more trivia to come, but right now we got to talk about more Spidey comics. So we're going to talk mm. about Amazing Spider-Man number 327, and Becca, are you the one that's going to... I got it. Usually, right. right? Yep. Go ahead. Bex. Uh, so this one, it's got a sick cover with uh, Spidey and Magneto, so that's cool. That's the right one, right? Not the, the whole yeah. one's mm-hmm. little, that's the, the right next one. one. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <clears throat> uh, we start off with Spider-Man is just making some molecular structures in his house with his new web powers, because that's what you do. And Mary Jane's just standing there like, well, this is going to be a pain to clean up. <laughs> in just the most 90s of mom outfits. So, mm-hmm. shout out to her. Um... And then she has to tell Peter to stop uh, whining so much about his life because it's actually fine. Um, then we go quickly over to what everybody else, all of these villains during the Axe of Vengeance, they've been up to. I still love that the Kingpin is a part of this. Like, so useless. Like, what's he right. going to do? Fight <laughs> Iron Man? Like, um, so then Magneto volunteers himself. He'll like, he's like, you know what? You guys keep sending these losers. I'll kill Spider-Man. Um, and then it turns out it's because Magneto believes that Spider-Man might be an actual mutant and not just a mutated person. So he wants to see for sure. So Peter and Mary Jane go visit Flash. They will go to watch him train, which is not something that I think you do. You go see people's like boxing matches, but <laughs> you go watch him work out at the gym. And he has a girlfriend who is at the absolute worst, which is going to be a theme for Flash Thompson for the next little bit, unfortunately for him. Um... And then we go back to Magneto, and he's like, how do I find Spider-Man? So he just, like, goes to the park in the middle of the day and just, like, sits down on a bench. Um, and he's like, don't worry, Spider-Man will come to me. <laughs> Quick flash to Peter, and he's trying to figure out how he got these cosmic powers. Um, so he goes back to the lab, and the, the professor who is using the lab is like, nah, you can't help me anymore, get out of here. Um, so he goes to a junkyard... And starts, like, smashing up cars to practice using his new abilities. And we get a cool little montage of that. Um, also, Mary Jane kisses a dude. She's acting, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> quick and in- quick interlude of Mary Jane's acting career in the middle of Peter's cosmic existential crisis. <laughs> and then as Peter's doing, like, practicing his powers and stuff, um, he lifts up a giant, like, building or something. And then... He- continues to float away and he's like well what's going on and it's magneto it turns out they've that people have been filming spider-man destroying these cars so magneto just found him on the news just come over so um they have a fun little bout and obviously magneto is the king of magnetism and uses his powers to try to defeat spider-man um spider-man's spider signal or spider sense is still going crazy it's like way too overpowered he's like super sensitive to it it like senses everything he even says at one point that, like, a moth flew over his head and he freaked out in his sleep last night. Um, we get another, just a really long, interesting, not-so-much fight scene with him and Magneto where he throws a car <laughs> at Magneto. 
into like the water and he's like well at least nobody's around but then it turns out that the car that he threw just happened to hit a cruise ship in the middle of nowhere so spider-man goes he's like oh i gotta save these people but how if only i could fly and now he can fly um <laughs> and magneto's like well definitely not a mutant i guess since he has so many different abilities even though like some mutants do have <laughs> a lot of abilities oh, i don't know why I think at this point, like, um, Rogue has, like, 15 different superpowers, mm -hmm. right? So I don't know why Magneto would be like, eh, Spider-Man can fly, too. Right. Not that, 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 that statement is completely untrue, but we'll, get, we'll go back to that later. Yeah, because then he, Magneto's like, well, all of my powers are derived from magnetism. It's like, yeah, all of Peter's powers are derived from, <laughs> I don't know, wanting it enough? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so? <laughs> How many things can Jean Grey freaking do? Right, like, exactly, exactly. Storm. Nightcrawler, Storm has weather manipulation. Wolverine, all of them, I know. Yeah. Yeah, Wolverine, he's got adamantium skeleton. He, like, like doesn't, whatever. Magneto doesn't know what he's talking about, as usual. Sniffing. Um, so Peter then flies over to save these people on the cruise ship, and he does save them, and, um, <clears throat> then he, he's like, well, better not fly home, because that's weird, and then cries in Mary Jane's arms for a bit. Our hero. <laughs> and that's this issue. I thought more things happened. I forgot we read two issues. That issue sucks. No, uh, anyway, no. what'd you think? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Nothing happens in this. Nope. Uh, G.I. Julie, kind of what do you think of this one? Um, I think that Magneto was in this one, and that was awesome, and that's literally it. Uh, <sighs> do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? I do have thoughts. It was kind of sad. Um, I feel bad for Peter, because now he has all this guilt, like murder guilt, not mm -hmm. just like regular, um responsibility guilt it's like ooh, my responsibilities have maybe led me to kill a bunch of people with this um with this what is it a car he threw yeah yeah into the middle of the ocean right how is he supposed to know i don't know yeah the the human the human turmoil is palpable and i feel really this is the first time i feel like really strangely bad for peter even though he's been through like you know manipulating and also guilting women into loving him and um maybe possibly children's deaths earlier i i feel really bad because it must have been a small cruise ship if the car was that big and it killed a bunch of people. Yeah, I think it was like it, it looked like a small like a yacht, yacht or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel bad He's for him because he potentially killed a bunch of people. However, he didn't really investigate how many people he could have killed. He just he saved them all. Yeah. He Did he? Yeah. Yes. I I <sighs> wish that um, two things I think could have made this better if somebody was actually injured or harmed uh by his actions mm -hmm. like maybe there was like somebody on the ship that like took in too much water and they need like needed to be rushed rushed to the hospital or have cpr or something so there was like we can actually see the kind of danger they were in because for me i never bought that they were actually in any danger because we see 
the car is sticking out of the the yacht and then immediately he's like i guess i'll just fly over there now and like boom new power unlocked and he immediately saves the day like oh, it doesn't feel yeah. like um there's like enough stakes and right i wish that peter at this point is trying to like stop himself from using these powers and when magneto shows up he just immediately starts using his powers it would have been interesting if he started using his original power set and then um magneto crushes his web shooters with his magnetism because they're made out of metal and then he's like now forced to use these new powers or die or to save civilians or something like that so then um he has here comes no the spider yeah sorry is, uh, yeah go ahead. here comes the spider cast as low-key a pitch for josh to re like <laughs> do a re-up on amazing right it's also a, dan slots currently on it right? uh, it's it, it's definitely easier to see the flaws in something though afterwards right um so true my job right now to like be like oh this would be better is a lot easier i'm sure than just writing uh a, a script so uh but yeah it's also, it, yeah it's yeah. made easier by the fact that like this is terrible right right yeah i just wish that like we could see him doing the things that he's saying so like him trying not to use his new powers uh against people because he doesn't know what they can do um would have been cool to see um and pe people being in danger would have been nice to see too because we do see a car sticking out of a boat but again i never really feel like it's that big of a deal it also looks kind of like cartoonish and goofy mm -hmm. when you see it right so it's mm -hmm. like i didn't i didn't buy a lot of the things that peter was saying in this because he's saying it rather than like the art or the story telling us what's happening which brings us to their next, the next point, which is the art, because as you'll know, as you've noticed, it's uh, Eric Larson, it's not Todd McFarlane. So this right. is the second, third actually guest uh, art on Amazing since uh, Todd McFarlane has come aboard. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Eric Larson's art. Um, the, the biggest problem with him is just like Rob Liefeld, he has not really improved in 30 years. However, I will say that um, despite the fact that I don't really like him, at least he is a comic, at least he draws comic book style cartoony art. Like I, I'd rather look at this than hyper-realistic current art, some of it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and so I like the fact that when you're looking at it, it looks like a comic book, but sometimes his exaggerations are over the top. Like how big he draws Kingpin is ridiculous. I think. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, mean, I do fine. Too. love it. It's fine. It's fine for, I guess, comedic effect but it just looks too uh, over the top and then magneto's cape is like five times too long for his body you know but it is sitting up on its own which is also kind of like it's another character in itself yeah it's like mcfarlane exaggerated everything but now eric larson's exaggerating the exaggeration mm. uh, it's just like over the top uh mary jane's hair is even bigger now spider-man's <laughs> eyes are bigger so there's really almost no panel or page that stands out to me other than Digital 21 when it's the big close-up of Magneto's face and there's the panels in front of his face. That's the only page that looks really nice to me. Like the expression on Magneto's face is legitimately good. And like the way that Eric Larson draws his mask is pretty cool. 
Other than that, I'm not a huge fan of most of it. But what were we gonna say, Josh? I like th- I like his faces better than McFarland's, or really? rather better than yeah, yeah. I I really do. I I don't mind the big eyes, and uh-huh. it's just kind of like exaggerating the face. If you're gonna make it stylized, then just go for it. Is what I right. think. I think that this is way uh, is is a is a huge improvement from last uh last week's issue. Um, Are you dissing Colleen Doran? No, 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 no. Did we not talk about? Because last week was Colleen Eric Doran. Larson? The, the issue, the issue. Last week was Colleen Doran, and then Eric Larson did like number three twenty oh, so something it... with Sabretooth. Remember that was Eric right. Larson. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. I feel like it's a nice in between of mm-hmm. like, like kind of run-of-the-mill comic art and then mcfarlane um uh i i definitely like the way he draws mj more Mm -hmm. um she looks like an actual human uh the faces look like faces um the the layouts and the paneling and the storytelling isn't as strong um that's really where he shines um and it feels like at times he's trying to emulate that but uh it's not as great of an effect as we normally get from amazing right but i actually quite enjoyed the art in this one okay yeah well if you do like eric larson obviously he went on to draw savage dragon for like 300 issues almost or whatever it's at now and then before that he did doom patrol before uh grant morrison rebooted doom patrol eric larson was drawing it and it's slightly less McFarlane-esque art. It's a little bit more cartoony, but I actually kind of mm. like that early Eric Larson art better. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think, too, like this style fits with this wacky-ass story that's going on. True. Like, he's Spider-Man essentially becoming Superman and Magneto swooping in and all of these villains showing up. Like, right. I think it kind of goes with the theme of everything. So, yeah, I I enjoyed the art. Okay, okay. Now. So the question is, do we recommend this issue? Uh, G.I. Jolie, do you recommend it? Uh, y- yes. Magneto's in it. That's pretty fun. I'm <laughs> just like... <laughs> big into like the X-Men crossover. Yeah, I like um, it. Of course, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, you know me. I always love the side drama that's like, you know, adjacent <laughs> to the superhero shit stuff um if you want to see flash thompson in a ring wearing practically just like underwear too that's also something i would recommend this for that was fun (laughs) and i liked it like the cartoony style of the villains they're cartoons like right in the sense of their personalities right it's literally where three of the most powerful men on the planet listen to a fourth, the wizard. Yeah. Like yeah. I laughed out loud. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like that was funny. Genius scripting, genius level scripting. Also, you know, shout out really like shout out to Eric Larson uh, making Magneto's cape a second character because there's a <laughs> panel where he's flying, and they're like the vultures' wings. Mm-hmm. They like yep. stand up on their own. Anyway. 
Yes, I recommend it. Well, you know, (laughs) yeah, and I was going to say, at the end of the day, you're right. It's like, just accept that they're cartoon characters and draw them like freaking cartoon characters. Don't try to make them realistic or serious, right? Because they look ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Vex Luthor, do you recommend this? Especially if you're doing something like this. Like, this doesn't require realism or seriousness at all, because, obviously. (laughs) Um, Again, though... It is rather disappointing that it is just another fist fight. At the end of the day, it's just a big punching match and mm-hmm. then with some shooting bits at the end. <laughs> I would love to see more of Peter figuring like the like when he's in the junkyard, that's cool, but there's not a whole lot of time where Peter gets to develop these powers or figure out what that means or what's going on. He just he keeps getting villains thrown at him, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't like the art. Um, I don't like the way Eric Larson draws faces. Sorry, Josh. That's fair. Um, they freak me. The eyes freak me out. I don't like them. Um, <laughs> especially like on that first page with Peter and Mary Jane, and Peter takes his mask off, and his eyes are anime boy, which is fine. <laughs> um, I just it's just not for me. And the the very obvious hypersexualization of MJ, as always. Yeah. It's it's over that this is where this is what I mean is Eric Larson and Rob Liefeld are now double downing on McFarlane's sexualization, mm. right? Here's yeah. the thing though. Sorry. I was just gonna say at least her legs are proportionate ish yeah. to her body. Um and I will give Eric Larson credit, her spine is does not look broken in any panels. Spider Man's um, does though. A little bit, but he's Spider-Man. He's got cosmic powers, so okay. I'll give him a pass for that one. <laughs> Mary Jane's just a person. Um, there is a a real big gratuitous butt shot of her when she's, like, bending over seductively to sweep up some webbing. Um, <laughs> Wait, where's that? Yeah, sure. Like, page three. Page. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Three, sorry, oh, yeah. yes, I see it. It's ridiculous. She's like, oh, I don't know. you superheroes are so messy. Yeah, I don't know what jeans she has that go in her butt crack They're like that. <laughs> yeah. That cannot be comfortable. And uh-huh. like all women, I, too, wear extremely high-heeled boots as I clean my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But besides, oh, you know, yeah. that and, like, I don't know. There's also, like, this girl that flashes dating and she's just like a she's like god can you believe flash and mm-hmm. dating this bimbo who's just hitting on every guy uh it's just like she didn't need to be in it it's just like another excuse to draw boobs uh-huh <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know at least magneto's hot magneto's always a daddy so that's good for him <laughs> yeah read it magneto's a daddy read it Okay. Yeah, that, that stuff with him on the park bench where he's like, oh, I'm just going to chill here until something comes to me. Like a solution. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, he does kick a, a woman with a baby off the bench, though. <laughs> <sighs> That's what uh, daddy's A woman do. with a mohawk and fishness and a baby. <laughs> Who's like lamenting her her chosen life as a housewife. Just, oh, darn. This, this housewife gig is for the birds. <laughs> Oh no, here comes Magneto. I better vacate the spend. I better book it. <laughs> I do love... You know what? I changed my mind. I love this comic for just how casual Magneto in the park is. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it works. Yes, it does. Um, you know, I, I gotta point out that, again, going back to... I, I measure things by, you know, wh- whether I sold them or kept them. I sold the Eric Larson Amazings years before I sold the McFarland. So... <laughs> It did feel like a 
a change in tone. Like it was just more silly, I think, when Eric Larson was drawing it. So I don't know. I mean, it's okay, but definitely more, I think, juvenile. Mm. I mean, again, we're talking about a Spider-Man comic, but that's, a, you know, they can still be good, <laughs> right. right? Anyway. Yeah, just because sure. it's for kids and juvenile doesn't mean it has to be bad. Right. Exactly. There are so many kids shows that are fantastic and well-written. I agree. And well-animated and whole mess of stuff. So there's no excuse. The excuse of old Spider-Man is for kids. That doesn't excuse bad content. There you go. That's the final word. But it's not the final word because we have two more comics to review. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about this one. Well, before we get into a comic book review, we got a quick trivia. A little bit of trivia here, folks. The final list of our most popular and least popular episodes. Our new, <laughs> our, our, our least popular episode ever, and this has been four times in the running, still our least most popular episode is... Oh, well, that's good that nothing else was worse than it. That's yeah. true, that's true. Our least popular episode ever was episode six, where we compare the X-Men cartoon depictions in Spider-Man cartoons. That's so I interesting, too. I don't know why that's that one's not more interesting. Maybe we should repost it, I don't know, or something, right? Get some more attention Maybe. for it. But anyway, we have a new champion, a new most popular episode ever, and that's number 108, in which we see the first appearance of the animated Blade, and that's with Michelle Kistner. So... That's mm. our most popular that episode ever. She does cool? have fans. Yes, that's true. More yeah. than us, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, she wait, has no. like that one's with Dustin. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead, Jolie. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say it's all of the Michelle haters who are like sitting there with their notebooks, waiting to like make sure she slips up just so they could tell her. That's yeah. what that is. Hundred percent. You're right. That hey. girl gets so much hate on the internet for just being smart and attractive and right yeah. and knows knowing things i know yeah. the feeling but anyway um <laughs> no you're right mm. to, completely like and, and it's it's not even an exaggeration to see when she posts like these conversations she's had she has with these bros like it is so embarrassing for them these guys like it's ridiculous it's just over the top right hmm. she does own them all pretty hard so it's yeah i enjoy it Mm-hmm. Because like they just they God met on the internet. What's going on? Why do you think you're so smart? You're not. Because you're not smart. As have... we've learned this last yes. last week, men on the internet not smart. Easily <laughs> easily played. Easily toyed with. I love it. Easily by nineteen know. year old uh, climate activists. Yep. Exactly. We're I so love pizza it. boxes, everybody. Yep. I when love did... it. <laughs> oh, anyway, we're dating ourselves, folks. Okay, I mean, so sure. I'm sure by the time this episode airs, there'll be something else happening in the news. Someone else getting owned, right? Yeah, me probably. <laughs> My life. Also, in the last week or month, Elon Musk has lost $200 billion, so that's always good news. Mm. The fact that he had $200 billion to lose is also really sad. That is sad. <laughs> yeah. But hey, since he works so much harder than us, I'm sure he'll have no problem getting it all back. But anyway... Um, okay, now we're going to talk about Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man number... Oh, no, we're not. No, Spectacular. Nope. Spectacular Spider-Man, I'm sorry. Number 159, and this is my issue to summarize. So... Yeah. <laughs> what were we going to say? We've been waiting. Okay. <laughs> anyway, okay, someone's in a rush to get out of here. Hold on yeah, a second. I sec. got stuff to do. Yeah, sure you do. And by stuff, I mean Stuff to do Stardew in Pokemon Valley. to catch. 
Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have to catch Cinderace in like an hour, so. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go into extra detail on the summary then. Okay, so. Thank you. The cover <laughs> copy reads, look, nothing can stop him now. He can fly. More powerful, <laughs> more dangerous, more uncontrollable than ever before. Here comes the cosmic Spidey. Uh, but look at all this text. But will all that power make a difference against the magical might of the Brothers Graham? Let's find out, folks. Who? Yeah, probably. Uh, It'll exactly. probably work. Yeah, I know. Eh? So we start off this issue with um, a jailbreak. So the wizard, I love this. Not only is he breaking the Brothers Graham out of jail, he has their costumes for them. Isn't that great? Isn't that nice of him? Yeah. So he breaks these two guys out of jail and then he whips their costumes at them. And within two seconds, they've already costumed up. I love mm -hmm. that. Don't you love superhero comics? Anyway, so then we cut over to Spider-Man in a classic Spidey pose, hanging upside down, contemplating. But the joke is, is that he's not hanging from a web. He just happens to be flying and he's like in midair, like in front of the Twin Towers. So it's pretty cool. Um... So he's kind of contemplating what's going on with his new powers. He's reminiscing about fighting the Trapster, Titania, uh, Magneto, blah, blah, blah. And then he notices that something is like, like a little drone uh, spy camera thing is recording him. He doesn't know what it is. So he destroys it. And, and he still doesn't know um, who's filming him. But we know that it's actually Dr. Doom who's studying him, right? But we don't know why yet. Or we don't know exactly what's going to come out of that yet because we haven't read that far ahead. Other than Becca. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is just vaguely what I remember. It's not even about. worth a yes. It's just a ye. Anyway. Um, There's two e's in ye, though. So. Okay. So anyway. So then we cut over to um, the new lawyer for... Not, not lawyer. He's a lawyer that's going to help out uh, Joe Robertson get a presidential pardon for the crime yeah, that he committed. Brother. Yeah, Bruiser's older brother. Uh, for the crime that Joe Robertson committed like 20 years ago and he's talking to Joe Robertson's current lawyer and they're back and forth and then we get this weird revelation that this lawyer has a crush on Nick Katzenberg but ew girl I do better I know but it's also funny, she though. found a multiversal photo of Nick Katzenberg when he was like 80 pounds overweight yeah it's, it's a fun it's a cool little moment though it's like they didn't have to throw that in but I like that you know it's a cool little moment Mm. He's also autographed the 8x10 <laughs> she keeps in her purse. Nikki. Dot, 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 Nikki. <laughs> I love spelled that. Spelled with an I and an E. I, I think that they reference it in the last issue, right? Like the Katzenberg. Uh, they, the people of the Daily Bugle see Katzenberg with some photos of her. Yeah, right? and they make I mean, fun of him. They're yeah. like, who's that girl? Ooh. That might have actually been in web when there's the meeting at the Bugle. Yes, it is yeah. at the bugle. But excuse me. Yeah, we get a little continuation of that here. I love it. So yeah. anyway, um, we cut over to Spidey um, swinging around at Empire State University, and he happens to notice J. Jonah Jameson lurking about, and he's like, "What is going on?" So they start chatting it up, and it turns out that JJJ wants to get back at Thomas Fireheart by starting a new magazine to compete with the Daily Bugle and he wants to hire Peter Parker on, but he's already made it clear that, you know, he's, he has to pay him at a reduced rate or reduced salary, blah, blah, blah. But then just at that moment, Spider-Man's extra powerful spider sense goes off. So Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker leaves the scene, changes into Spidey, 
um, swings away, and then he comes across this stadium. Uh, it's actually Madison Square Garden being lifted into the air, and he's like, "You gotta be kidding me! Don't tell me Graviton is back, right?" Um, but no, it's actually not Graviton. It is the Brothers Grimm. You know what's funny? I didn't do any research. What what characters or what what comic Iron Man? Are- Okay, yeah. so these yeah. are Iron Man villains. Okay, and just yes. so this- they're Iron Man associates. Calm <laughs> villains. They're in right. there sometimes. And just so the listeners know, these are twin brothers, Percy and Barton Grimes, and they both have the exact same costume, which is blue and red tights with a huge butterfly <laughs> collar and skull faces. Right. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah, there's not much look, to though. them. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but I mean, Brothers Grimm, we all know them from the uh, classic fairy tales, so that's kind of cool. I thought um, you say the movie with a uh, what's his face, Matt that, David. That too, yep. <laughs> but and see, so like, they they oh. do what any supervillain would do, and that's throw pies at Spider Man, and then say a poem. Yep, yep. Four and <laughs> twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. Switch the birds with dynamite and watch the people die. I don't know if that's the original. From the it's Middle the original, Ages, but yeah. is it? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's a direct that's, translation. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it, it's like that. No? Okay. We'll have to look into that later. So anyway, uh, yeah. So then they're they're attacking Spider-Man. They're throwing stuff at him. Spider-Man's rescuing passerbys. And they have this kind of like banter. The, their banter um, reminds me of those two characters in Looney Tunes. They weren't. I think there were chipmunks, but they weren't like the Disney chipmunks. They were totally different. But they had the same kind of um, almost like New England kind of accent, like mm. always complimenting each other and talking about mother. And I'm not sure if this is like a trope, uh, if this is based on an even older trope from like early, uh, you know, movies or vaudeville or something. But that's what it reminded me of. So I don't know. But anyway, so it's kind of makes them a little bit interesting. So anyway, they throw this big giant uh, piece of earth. Oh, no, sorry. It's still the stadium at Spider-Man. But <laughs> Spider-Man stops it with his webbing. And then they take off in like a puff of smoke. And then he chases after them. And there's still more fighting. He hits them with what does he hit him with? Is that his web? Yeah. I don't know what he... Nah. Yeah. Hits them with his web, knocks them down. They're down and out. We see more of a, a drone camera filming him. He destroys that. We cut over. We see that it's Doctor Doom recording Spider-Man. We cut over to Peter Parker eating a TV dinner at home. And then he just says, you know, his typical kind of like Spider-Man ending. I have powers. I can't predict or command. My life is out of control and it frightens me. But hey, things could be worse. I could be Nick Katzenberg. Wah, mm-hmm. wah, wah. The end. And that's the end of this issue. So, uh, Josh, what do you think of this one? Uh, oh, it stinks. Um, <laughs> it's really weird that they like brought in shittier villains after he fought Magneto. Right. Um, like he easily disposes of these guys. Like the only real trouble that happens is um, people could be hurt by Madison Square Garden being lifted up into the sky. But even that is like immediately kind of just swept under the rug. Like Spidey's like, oh, don't worry, I stopped it. Anyways, I guess I'll punch these dudes and then I'll be done. I'm going to go home and eat. Like, uh, yeah, I didn't really feel like anything happened, even though like a literal 
the like football stadium was lifted into the to the sky, you know, like um no, nothing of e- note. Yeah, even the stuff with JJ is like it could have ha- I'm sure the next time they talk about this, they're going to say they're going to recap this JJ conversation that happened too. Like nothing yeah. else changes. Um Doctor Doom doesn't even learn any- anything new. Right. Uh, by the end of this, like it could have been interesting if maybe he's like looking for a specific superpower to use against somebody else so he's studying spider-man to see what abilities he has and he's like ah that's it flying or whatever he can fly now i can use that Mm -hmm. like nothing changes by the end so uh and it wasn't fun either right like i can excuse the status quo not changing if if there's like fun things happening and interesting Mm -hmm. story beats but even that is like nothing. So yeah, I didn't really enjoy this one. Um, but I don't know about you, Jolie, Becca. Ooh, yeah, oh, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely terrible. Also, four and twenty blackbirds is not a fairy tale. Um, oh. It's a nursery rhyme. <laughs> Right. So different. <laughs> I said poem, so I was wrong. Both. <laughs> they, they like. They're like, hey, we're the brothers Grimm. We're not making magic. We tell fairy tales. And here's one of our favorites. Okay, cool. This superpower is actually hilariously mm. awesome. And they didn't use any of it to potentially defeat Spider-Man. Yeah, they can make anything from their suits. Like that's what they do. They make. They like. It's matter production like they can just make whatever they want yeah. from their suits and they use it to make wacky dumb fairy tale nursery rhyme gadgets yeah so that's kind of fun they could make like anything but they make dynamite filled pies which <laughs> spider-man dodges casually it's like okay well that foiled and then Madison Square Gardens. It's not even like a superpower that they that they possess. They're using the wizard's anti gravity pods to levitate it. Right. <sighs> not to mention. Don't forget. Oh, go ahead. Not to mention, in another issue in this arc, mm. they lift up a building and have it float through the city, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I, you guys both weren't on for that episode, but Graviton shows up and lifts up the entire Daily Bugle and it's flying through New York and Spider-Man mm. has to go and, and stop him and save everybody in the Bugle. Uh, these two idiots do it again, but <laughs> we don't even see anybody in the building or anything. You know what I mean? Like, there's yes. no, you know, there's no yes. danger. Like, I'm sure the civilians underneath this thing as it's floating through but we don't see any of that so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like anything's at stake here oh no yeah oh what can you say that's what i mean it's just there's nothing at stake uh, spider-man fights like nine or 12 villains in acts of vengeance and you never care about anything that happens and the the villains themselves are made out to be idiots so what's really the point right there's never really any time where you think Spider-Man's in any danger, so I don't know. And now we we also have to point out that these these crossovers were forced on the writers, right? Like it's not like Jerry Conway wanted to do the story. It was Marvel was like, this is the story you're gonna do. So we kind of had to 
continue his Joe Robertson and and Thomas Fireheart story and fit them into this bullshit crossover. Mm. So that's basically what this whole thing is. So I can't. Did they even make him put the brothers Graham in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What were we gonna say, Julie? What's that? Go ahead, Julie. Sorry. Oh shoot! I was just gonna say like not even the Doctor Doom stuff is great. I was like, oh hey, Doctor Doom. No, it's just stupid. It's just I heard more. He's cool. Yep. Cliches, right? And the thing is, is that you can make whatever excuse for this that you want. But again, going back to when I was thirteen, I was reading this and going, Ugh, "This is getting stupid. <laughs> I'm not enjoying this as much anymore." You know what I mean? And like, you, can, you if you have two, three, four stupid stories in a row, eventually your readers are going to stop buying, and that's what happened, at least with me, right? So, and like, mm-hmm. there's little gems in here that I really like when when Peter mm-hmm. is like flying upside down like he's on his web yes i love that mm-hmm. that's when cool he's, yeah. he's, he says hi to the bird right like you can tell that the writer still like like he still knows what he's doing but he's given this like stupid story and he's like all right whatever uh brothers grim yeah sure they throw pies at him whatever right 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 and then you get like this serious stuff with 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 um joe robertson's lawyer and trying to get a presidential mm-hmm. pardon and stuff and it's like Stuck between some just nonsense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh boy! So... Yeah, not a great one. Um, I, no. you know, I feel like it might have even been more fun if it wasn't in this acts of vengeance story, and we didn't have Spidey like extremely superpowered. This idea of Madison Square Garden floating, and yep. even Brothers Grimm. Seem kind of like a good matchup for Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but not Spider-Man with all of these ridiculous powers. Like he could have easily just took taken them out like right mm-hmm. at the start. Um, and it's weird that they pretend like he's struggling with like the gas around his face and not being able to find them and all that. So, and in there, not great. So yeah, I can just point out that I'm actually I actually do plan to keep reading Spectacular after the podcast is done, strictly for Sal Buscema's art because I love our pal Sal. Mm. But anyway, other than that, Josh, do you recommend this issue? No, I definitely don't recommend this one. Even if you are reading the Acts of Vengeance, you could probably skip this one and still be completely fine with everything. Like this, this uh, is nothing. <laughs> Right. Uh, G.I. Julie, do you recommend Do you recommend it? Nope. All right. <laughs> uh, Bex Luthor, do you recommend it? Yeah, there were pies, and I like pies. So. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about the pies. And there was birds. There were birds, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. seagull. Less, is, less exciting and excited about the birds, to be honest. Spider-Man does say hello to a bird, and that's pretty fire. <laughs> it all no, happens within the I first don't. five pages so just the mm-hmm. first yeah, five so pages yeah so just read the first five pages yeah like when the brothers Grimm sh- if they do show back up because very intricate part of the, the acts of vengeance mm-hmm. it's not like you're gonna need an introduction to them they don't give an introduction to them here <laughs> yeah so yeah if Doctor Doom's gonna be like the overarching bad guy in the Spider-Man related plot where he's like trying to, to take Spider-Man's powers that should have been the plot but we've got, let's send freaking Brothers Grimm after Spider-Man. Let's send, who do they send? Uh, Pace Pot Pete earlier yeah. in like a couple issues back. They send him, right? Like, Or like, cool. 
Doctor Doom is studying Sick. him, right? So why not send supervillains to counter his new powers as he gets new ones? Right? Like he he's fighting somebody and then he gets the ability to fly and because Doctor Doom is spying on him, he can send somebody who can now fly and outmatch Spidey as with his new powers that he could fly and then oh, he can make items turn into different materials he could like change their like right you know uh, the, the the literal like dna of of whatever he touches okay we can send this mutant now to go fight him like not even that happens so it's even weird that dr doom is watching him through all this and we were constantly cutting back to him studying him um and it's he's still sending to be like <laughs> stupid yeah. idiots to fight him it's hard to be like, oh, Doctor Doom, the smartest, most evilest man in the universe, and he's just a dumbass. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, for those of you that are keeping track, Sal Buscema continues on as the artist for this comic until issue two hundred and eighteen. Okay, for those nice. for those that mm -hmm. are keeping track, and I plan to read every issue. So anyway, this issue was okay, not great, but yeah, you can still read it just for the Sabusema art. So, we are done December 1989, but we decided to go one extra issue into January of 1990, just because it's Todd McFarlane's last issue, right? So right. we thought we'd talk about that. So, but wait a minute, before we get to that, there's one little bit of trivia we have to talk Ooh. about. We have to, we have to, we have to list the top five guests of all time and how many episodes they've appeared on okay so tied well there's five of them but actually tied for number three with five appearances each one of them would have appeared six times but they had the day wrong so <laughs> tied at five appearances each adam pelche kevin jank and cousin brandon okay mm. uh number two guest of all time with six appearances erica rock Thank you for joining us, Erica, one of our favorite guests. Every time she comes on, she comments that she doesn't know why we invite her, because she doesn't know how to operate her phone or audio recorder. We think she's great. We can't wait to have her on again in our next podcast. And does anyone have any guesses of who the number one guest of all time is in uh, number of appearances? Andrew Helmer. Andrew Helmer with seven mm. appearances. Thank you for joining us, Andrew. I was going to be like, I don't remember anyone's name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. So yeah, that that's actually the end of our trivia. So now we've we've just we got can one get more back to business. Yes, back to business. Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man three twenty eight. Todd McFarlane's Yay. last issue of Amazing. Mm -hmm. So I guess Bex Luther, you're gonna tell us what happens in this one, right? Yeah. If you want me to, you want me to give the the rundown of the last issue of the Spider Cast. Sure. Yes. Please. You're like now that you said it like that. I don't know. No, I don't want to do that. Um. Unfortunately for this comic, it has one of the coolest covers. Yeah. Um, big old gray hulks, Spidey smashing them. It's downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off with uh, the Hulk, and he's gray hulk right now. Um, he's kind of got a werewolf thing going on where he's he's Bruce Banner during the day and the Hulk at night. I don't yeah. know much about the Hulk at this time. So and they're like really split. So like normally Bruce and Hulk are kind of like in the brain together, but now they're like separated. So at night, Bruce Banner's almost like pushed out and it's just the Hulk thinking. And then it's vice versa in the morning. And yeah, he he's intelligent and he hates Bruce Banner. Yeah. 
Which, fair. Don't we all? <laughs> um, so he's sitting wherever they are, uh, in the Moonlit Mesa and the Nevada Desert. Um, he's sitting there being upset and wishing that everyone would leave him alone. And who shows up but, you know, everybody's favorite X-Men villain, Sebastian Shaw. Yay, he's here now. Um, I mean, I so... like him, but... He doesn't do much, okay. but yeah. Why, why, yeah, is he, why does he wear do old-timey, like, Shakespeare pants with the, like, because super long socks? Because he's part of an exclusive club. Yes. Okay. Of the Hellfire Club is... <laughs> Is like a they all wear well, not fetish gear. What would you call that? I mean, technically that fetish gear. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where Emma Frost comes from. Like she's the mm-hmm. same yeah. thing, yep. right? Yeah. They were all in their bondagey outfits. I just never right. got um, this like old timey. Mm-hmm. It's because if he wore a leather daddy outfit, everyone would throw up and run away. So he's like, <laughs> okay, more layers. Got it. <laughs> uh, it's like a rough and. Lace sleeves, bell sleeves, underneath of course. my magenta like smoking jacket, which is obviously suede. Hmm. Oh yeah, it's got to be. This yeah. is the kind of guy who wears a three-piece suit of all different materials, so you know how wealthy he is. <laughs> even though that stopped being a thing like yeah. four hundred years ago, and it's like pseudo Victorian, so you know yeah. that he knows fashion. So that's <laughs> yeah. it. Anyway, he's here now in his uh little helicopter and it turns out that magneto has sent him to kill spider-man but but he's smart and he's like ah this is obviously a trick um so for some reason he pays the hulk <laughs> to fight spider-man and the hulk's like money i love money and again don't know what's going on with the hulk in this current timeline but that seems odd to me He's in his Mr. Big. I think he's in his Mr. Big or Mr. Fix It. Yeah, yeah, where he's like, uh, like a running. Gangster. Yeah. To he's be like fair, it is guy. a good time to be reading Hulk. But anyway. Okay. I just don't know anything about it, so I'm just like, all right. He's like money. Well, don't worry. I'll kill Spider-Man for money. It's just <laughs> so Sebastian takes him on his helicopter and drops him in New York. Meanwhile, Spidey's on the um, Statue of Liberty. You know just lamenting of his new powers as one does when they learn that they can fly. Um, and then he sees a group of terrorists I guess attacking right. some people in the Statue of Liberty because you know that's just how it, how it is. Um, and so he uses his new powers and his old powers and he attacks the terrorists and he turns their giant bomb into a different material. Adamantium. Sure. Is that really what um, it is? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, he turns it into adamantium. Oh, yeah, turn... Yep. And then he just leaves it there for somebody else to pick up. Um, and then he's like, don't worry, the SWAT team will handle this, and he flies away. <laughs> uh. um, flies back home to Mary Jane, and they go to dinner with Flash Thompson, who has a new new girlfriend, who also sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she sucks in a different way. Whereas the other girl was hitting on every guy in sight. This woman is just terrible. Yeah. Um, so she complains about the food, and then that dinner ends quickly, and Peter and Mary Jane are getting the hell out of there. Um, but Mary Jane has a shoot, so Peter goes with her to go, like, watch her act, I guess. 
That's fun. And then he sees the Hulk jump out of a helicopter in the middle of New York to the ground, and he goes, well, better, better deal with that, I guess. You know? <laughs> and so the Hulk's like, I'll just start random destruction. That'll get Spider-Man's attention. And and it does. Um, and then they start punching each other again. I guess. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to remember what happens, but like that's what happens. Yeah, pretty much. I think the Hulk, uh, Peter's like, what are you doing here? Hulk's like, well, I was paid to beat you up, so that's what I'm going to do. And then they punch each other like twice, and then the Hulk's like, oh shit, I'm turning into Bruce Banner again. I better run. Right. So then he just runs away immediately after starting the fight. Um, so then Peter goes back to his like normal life, and they see what's going on in the bugle, and um oh right and then hulk is like i'll meet you at this place at this time tomorrow and peter's like all right i guess yeah so that he flies to that abandoned uh, roosevelt island which has apparently nobody on it except for two children mm-hmm. <laughs> who are smoking their mother's cigarettes <laughs> cigarette butts they stole her cigarette butts that she kept um <laughs> Yeah, yes. so don't smoke, kids, I guess, is the message. So then uh, Spidey and the Hulk start fighting again, but then there's these two children, and they come out and they start attacking the Hulk. With sticks. Because Spidey's from mm-hmm. New York, and you don't mess with New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I guess. That's right, because um, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Exactly. <laughs> what else that. did we learn from Spider-Man 1? <laughs> um... And the Hulk, in his head, he's like, oh, I'm going to make it look like I'm going to hit these kids so that, you know, to scare him off. But then Peter's like, he's going to hit those kids. So, obviously, hits him with a big old punch and punches him into space. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just, I scrolled down. I was like, right, he punches him into space. That's what happens. I forgot. Um, so he punches the Hulk into space and the Hulk's just floating in zero gravity and lamenting <laughs> about his life and being like, well, I guess this is how I die. Because eventually it'll turn back into Bruce Banner and die up here. So Peter flies into space. (laughs) (laughs) And grabs the Hulk and throws him back down to Earth. Uh Uh-huh. And the Hulk's like, Well, you want thanks for saving my life, even though you endangered my life? Well, thanks a bunch. I'm not going to kill you now. Bye-bye. And uh, jumps off. And then... It's just Peter and Mary Jane. Peter going like, man, these new powers suck. I almost killed the Hulk. Mm. And that's <laughs> it. That's the last issue we're reading on the podcast. There you go. Yep. Out with the bang. <laughs> uh, that was the 80s, everybody. Yeah. more of a... Here's the thing. Yeah. Um, you know... It's like Todd McFarlane, again, at this time, was the most popular artist in the industry... And he knew this was his last issue. And it's cool that they brought back the Hulk because that's what made him a superstar in the first place, right? Was doing the Hulk. So that was Mm. nice. But other than that, this issue just fizzles out. It barely has an ending, right? I don't know. It just feels like they could have put a little bit more effort into it knowing that it was his last issue. Now, granted, he does come back and do Spider-Man... Adjective, in a couple of months, Spider-Man. right? No, no, in, in like a year. But he didn't know that at the time. He really okay. just took time off and thought, I'm just going to hang out with my wife and my new kid. 
Um, so he does end up becoming even more popular when he does Spider-Man, writing and drawing Spider-Man, then doing Spawn, co-founding Image Comics. But at this time, he kind of just left at the peak of his early popularity. So it was a really weird move. And well, it, it, it comes issue, out in August 1990. So it was only a couple of months until from August from January. January no, 90 to August 1990. That can't be right, is it? Yeah. Spider-Man number one, Son August 1990. bitch. See, because I do remember when he left. Maybe it just wasn't public, but no one knew that it was coming because there was no internet, right? Mm-hmm. So when he left Amazing, and I remember them doing an interview with him, and they're like, okay, so you've left Amazing. What are you going to do now? Oh, he's like, oh, I'm just going to do covers for Marvel Tales. Um, but it definitely wasn't public for a few months, so no one knew that this was coming. But yeah, I guess you're right. It was probably already planned then. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, last issue of Amazing Spider-Man by Todd McFarlane. Uh, G.I. Julie, what do you think? I thought the art was amazing. Okay. Um, I really like this Hulk. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. Everything we talked about, about Eric Larson sort of aping uh, Todd McFarlane in the last. It's like clear from what Josh said that the it's the storytelling and the the layouts are weak because he doesn't understand why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. He's just taking the like the thick borders and the no borders and the peeking out of borders, and he's just doing it where he thinks it visually looks the best. He doesn't actually understand why Todd McFarlane is doing what he's doing. Right. In the panels. So it just comes off as like, you know, just it, like just visual. Yeah. They're just visual entities and it like doesn't work with the art. He should have just been like, well, I'm Eric Larson. I don't do that. Like he should have just done, done nothing unless yeah. he was instructed to do it uh, by the editor just to keep the art consistent, which is also a dumb move. Mm-hmm. Um, because he does so much here. That, mm-hmm. that like I don't usually like Todd McFarlane's work, but the shoot, mm-hmm. the panels where he's flying over Manhattan are I never thought I would say that about Spider Man, <laughs> but the panels where he's flying over Manhattan and then where he's using his new close up vision mm-hmm. um, when he sees the Hulk uh, jumping at a helicopter, I'm like this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, it's great. I usually to hate s- it, but it's cool. It's really great to see him back. Uh, his layouts and his storytelling is fantastic. But I think after reading the previous Amazing, it you can really see start to see some of the flaws in his work. And I almost want um, somebody like Eric Larson maybe doing the cleanup too. Uh, Todd McFarlane's art because the storytelling is unmatched in anything we've read on the podcast in my opinion but the art is just not great at times Um, and you can clearly see it like Spider-Man's hand looks like an alien hand in almost every single panel that it's drawn Um, he's so bad at drawing faces and I noticed as well in this one that Often he will either hide the face in the panel or he'll draw a hand in the foreground covering up the face. So we see the Hulk 
uh, doing that, where it's like a big hand in the foreground and just his eyes appearing in between the fingers. And then at the end, we have uh, what's his name uh, doing the same thing. It's like this hand in the foreground, the very last panel. And we just see like an eye behind. um, And it's just like the rest of the face isn't even drawn. So if you were to like draw the rest of the face behind the eye, it doesn't make any sense. Like there's no face behind it. Um, But, uh, and you don't really get that in Eric Larson's. I find like when a face is drawn, it's drawn, whether you like it or not, it's uh, like the style or whatever it's, it's done. Um, But uh, I, I feel like he Eric Larson doesn't have a, a, as as much of a grasp on the storytelling as Todd McFarlane. Like it's almost as if um, Todd McFarlane is the one who wrote this, like because of how well uh, uh, executed mm-hmm. the storytelling is in the panels. Like you could almost have him just draw a comic and then you can write around it because you can clearly see exactly what's happening. So it's kind of like finding a balance between the storytelling and then the actual like art itself. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I agree with everything you said, except I, I don't see any evidence that McFarlane is trying to cover up his faces. If there are cases where he has a hand in front of a face, it's strictly for dramatic effect. Like, I don't think he's avoiding or afraid of drawing faces at all. At you all. think so? Because even in like the, no. the, some of the panels, they're like super skinny and he, he'll just draw an eye and yeah, like half of a for, smile. That's true, but that's just for dramatic effect. But look at how, if you, if you flip through the page really, uh, the issue really quickly, you can see face after face after face. Like Sebastian Shaw, three sure. panels in a row have his full face. Uh, and then um, a couple pages later, you see soldiers' faces. You see the girl's face. I mean, I think it's just a matter of his weakness is not faces. It's that he doesn't draw through. So if he draws an eyeball, he draws the eyeball, but he doesn't draw the rest of the face to make sure that the mouth is at the right position, right? He just draws that big eyeball and then the face and then the mouth, but it doesn't actually line up with where it should be. But it's not a problem with faces. I think it's just a problem with drawing through, no matter what it may be. At times, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, like when Hulk is, is angry and then Spider-Man comes over and punches him and shoots him up into space. We get right. that close up of that really tall, skinny panel of his angry face. And then later we get a super close up of his eye as he's like mm. worried like that. I, I agree with you. That is 100% storytelling. Uh-huh. But there are moments like earlier on when they're at the, uh, they're all sitting around the dinner table, right. having a dinner. Why do we need like a super close up of MJ's eye? In that moment where she's like, I mean, we'd love to, but I have a pre like she's not saying anything where it, it, there's a need to like punch into her mm. face for this dramatic uh, 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 effect where she's kind of just like talking casually at dinner. Well, yeah, but I think it's more just it's laziness, mm. but it's not because it's, it's not necessarily because he doesn't want to draw a face. It's just because it's like if you look at the page, it's like reverse shot straight on shot, big close-up. If you look at every page, almost every page has a giant close-up of something, mm-hmm. especially eyes, right? So I think it's just a, it's just a, what's it called? Cutting corners kind of trick. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think the, I think 
he's just as bad at drawing bodies, you know, like, sure. again, we've always said he's great at drawing Spider-Man swinging through the city, but then show a shot of Bruce Banner walking in his jeans and it just looks like a scribble. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even look like it's drawn by a professional artist. So I think he's cutting the same corners, but I agree with what Jolie said. Like, it's a nice refreshing, like, it's refreshing to see him again after Eric Larson because I think he is so much better. Yeah. But uh, Bex Luthor. Yeah. Have you said anything yet? Not probably not. Okay. <laughs> so what do you think of this? Let's talk about the art, especially Todd McFarlane's art in this issue. Um, unfortunately, the only panel I like is when Spidey is like crouched in the Statue of Liberty and about to attack those terrorists. Okay. Mm. The rest of it, I like besides like the panel work, which I always like for Todd McFarlane. The rest of it, I'm not very intrigued. The faces, man, are just so bad, and there's a mm. lot of them in this one. Um, like. That woman, I don't know why she looks like a, mm. a crow, but uh, Flash's sure, girlfriend, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just I don't really like the way that the Hulk looks. He looks smushed a lot of the time. <laughs> um, and then again, nothing happens in this one, right? He punches the Hulk into space and then punches him back, and he's like, "Well." I'll be. I guess I am strong. It's so <laughs> anticlimactic. I'll agree with you there. Mm-hmm. So, and then the Hulk basically is like, I won't kill you and leaves. That's the end. Like, yeah. not a... Yeah, it's no like story. The, not, no motivation for the Hulk to... Like, sure, money. Okay, go. Mm-hmm. And then no motivation for him to stop fighting Spider-Man. Because, like, I feel like once you're back on Earth, you're like, all right, like, mm-hmm. let's... I don't, I don't... It's just... Yeah, it seems like it's... And it's the last, like, page of the comic, too, right? Mm-hmm. The, la- the second last page. It's such a rushed ending. They're like, oh, better tie this up and move on to the next um, bad guy Spider-Man has to fight in the next issue. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this this kind of blows. This is kind of like a, a rough way to end the podcast, eh? And it sucks so much, because Cosmic Spider-Man is dope. And uh, the Hulk holding his breath in outer space is adorable. I love it. Yeah, it's a good it's a good idea and it looks good. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? Again, I love Salbusema and I love Alex Savic, but that's a detail they would not have drawn in. Right? Yeah. There there's a lot of small details. I I I griped a lot about the art at the beginning of talking about this one, but there's also these moments that are just like small details that connect it through like mm-hmm. on the first page we're we're set up that the hulk is going to be in this one and he's in nevada and we see him smashing the ground and what's in the mm-hmm. background but a giant moon and it's throughout all of these shots and then at the end of the issue he's literally punched into outer space floating alongside the moon like the it's just these like small little moments that are thought of at the beginning. Mm. And you can clearly tell that um, every single one of these panels was thought out and planned. Like it wasn't drawn and, you know, as we're going page by page, we'll figure out, figure it out as we go. Like this is, this is for sure planned out. You know, that's interesting because I just read something where uh, someone was saying that George Perez didn't plan anything out when he was drawing. He would start on page one and just start drawing. Um, I, I, I don't think 
Jack Kirby planned out his issues. I right. definitely know Jim Lee didn't because Jim Lee would draw until he got to the last page and be like, oh my God, I have like five scenes to do and he'd <laughs> right. you know, cram them all in. But like something like Watchmen is planned out from page one, panel one to the very, very last panel. So ideally that's how you want to do a comic, right? And like you said, if you know that it's the Hulk is in, at this point is powered, not powered by the moon, but he only comes out at night you're right. You want to kind of stick that in there, like have the moon show, you know, uh, and, and, and have it kind of constantly be coming back as something in the background to kind of remind you that that's when he turns into the Great mm-hmm. Hulk. So, yeah, I, it's just smarter. I wonder why, too, or sorry, I wonder if um, the reason why some panels look so sketchy and rushed and unfinished is because they are possibly his like storyboards i guess like his doodles uh-huh. planning out what's going to happen in each issue um and after spending so much time planning everything out um sometimes those rough sketches just become the like draw you know he just draws over his rough sketches to get the panels done or the pages done after you know obviously the long process of, of planning everything out and figuring out what's going to be happening in the issue right um, right yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I guess that wraps up this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. So Jesus. I, I guess to, to wrap things up with this, I, I, it was nice seeing, uh, it was nice seeing him come back. Um, the issue itself is kind of a letdown. Mm-hmm. Um, the story doesn't, connect at all into anything like into what's happening right now um it could have been anybody that came to fight spider-man um that could survive i guess the vacuum of space mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh but uh it kind of makes me want to go back and read the spider-man comic and start from there those were some of my first comics i've ever read so um uh, it does get me interested in that, and it reminds me why I even love Spider-Man to begin with. So, right, yeah. While I might not recognize this, uh, recommend this issue, um, it's a fun reminder of why I love Spider-Man. Uh, GI Julie, is this a fun reminder of why you love Spider-Man? <laughs> I will say that um, after how many episodes? A billion. 176. I mm-hmm. certainly don't love him more. But <laughs> okay. I like 100% hate him less. Okay. Hmm, very zen, very zen. Interesting. Using using double negative languages. I like it. Mhm. Yeah, I have to really think about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um It's forced me to read Spider-Man comics. Like Literally every Spider-Man comic between 1983 and 1990. So, um, thank you. Because that's one of those things that, like, you tell yourself you want to do as a completist. (laughs) I have always been meaning to go back and read all the X-Men comics, which is never going to happen. Unless there's enough time. Unless we start a podcast about it. Um, But anyway. Do you know how many crossovers the X-Men have in the 80s? I know, I know. If, me. if Mike's like, now, let me show you. If we did an X-Men podcast, I would just take myself out back and shoot <laughs> Um No, I wouldn't do that. I would, I would start and then not finish it. 
like the other podcast I did. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that I did it. I'm Good. not upset that I did it. So, hmm. And I got to spend time with you guys and read comics. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty fun. So you, yeah. da- you don't not hate us more. Is that what you're trying to say? Or is it less? I can't I, remember. <laughs> I love you more and hate you less. Okay. Don't not I, hate no, us wait. less? You don't not do, hate I us less. I don't Thank hate you. you at all. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I definitely love you more. So. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bex Luther, on the other hand, might be a different story. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Keep the question. I don't know where we're at. We kind of went in circles there, but I think we're still talking about Spider-Man or maybe we're talking about us or the podcast. Or I don't know. <laughs> I'll talk about us all day. Um, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> On this right. 100, 176 episodes? <laughs> yeah. I came into okay. this liking Spider-Man and I still do. Oh, okay. Nice. I guess that's exactly. good. Um, I learned that I dislike certain indi- people who've, who've written or drawn Spider-Man in the last 10 years. Right. Um, man, no, I'm sorry. I don't have anything to take from this. <laughs> Crickets. Okay. It 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 did take. I I it was something to do that was fun, mm-hmm. and it got me talking to human beings at least once a week. Um, which is good. Cause sometimes I don't do that enough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been super I, fun. I'm like so off guard. I don't know what to say. Yeah, no, and. I, uh, it's been super fun. I'm really happy to have had this opportunity and to be able to do it with you guys. Um, uh, this is like the first thing I've really done as part of the comic book syndicate. Before this, I was a, just kind of like a guest that had shown up for a couple of like movie reviews. Um, Same. So uh, uh, it was really cool kind of going from like watching you watching uh, videos for, uh, of the comic book syndicate to kind of like being a part of it and it was really fun to be able to do this over the past couple of years and to do it uh uh with uh spider-man like to right. see reading all of these spidey comics was you know it made it that much more enjoyable so um really happy we got to do this and i also want to like give a shout out to mike for planning all of this every single episode <laughs> edited planned by mike all of our special guests were brought on you know because of mike he's really the mastermind behind this i'm only the co-host because i've shown up to every episode <laughs> i think you've only missed one i've episode. missed one yeah i can't remember what happened maybe i was sick or maybe like a family emergency or something yeah i think it was a family emergency so um but uh yeah um thank you mike yeah, no problem. I think I don't even I, think I knew Josh really well before this. I think before Spidercast, you'd only talk to Josh twice. Yeah, if if that, I think we it was, we did I, the Spider Man review, and then before that, we saw we each saw other when we when we were we both came out of Toy Story four, right? Yeah, That's at, what separ- got the ball separately, rolling. we both ended up in the same theater, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we invited you to see Bloodshot. And That's then, right. Then right. You yes. wanted to stay friends with them after that. <laughs> right. And then you wanted to stay friends with them after yeah. that. Well, yeah. I have had so yeah. much fun the last two and a half years. I remember um, 
you know, I, I think at first it was like, we didn't know, are we going to do Batman or Superman or X-Men? And I think Josh, you were the one that said, well, I'm interested in Spider-Man, so let's do Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And as everyone knows, I have boxes and boxes of Spider-Man comics, and I have the list to prove it. <laughs> so thank you for making my um, obsession, uh, you know, something entertaining, I guess. I definitely am glad that, you know, even though it started out with just me and Josh, as we saw over time, G.I. Julie and Bex Luthor are both joined as regular hosts. So it's been a lot of fun, especially during the pandemic. Just like Bex Luthor, I, (laughs) there were, if I wouldn't have had this podcast during the pandemic, I wouldn't have talked to any humans other than my boss. And if you know my boss, you know that that is just no fun at all. That's not a human. (laughs) (laughs) So this has definitely been a great time. I've enjoyed every minute of it. I also learned a lot about Spidey, even though I already loved Spider-Man. Now I love him even more Mm -hmm. because I got to read all those early 80s comics that I never read before. And I'm glad that we got to have uh, some really, you know, interesting and in-depth discussions about Spider-Man and Spider-Man comics and all that fun stuff. So... Yeah, thank you all all of you for joining me on this journey. You guys, that was so nice. What I said was stupid. <laughs> that's okay. We, that's why you're here though. That's what we you know you're to say things that are stupid. You are correct. <laughs> I know my place. No, thank you're you the, everybody uh, good night. What's the word? Not the cynic, but the uh not the comic relief. What word the, am I looking for here? You're the devil's advocate, kind right. of, right? I was going to say the, the putts. No, no, no. <laughs> the other one? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're all kind of putzes. We're on a Spider-Man podcast. Like, yeah. let's be real. Yeah, no, yeah uh... but you guys are like, actually know what you're talking about. And I'm just like, look at Spider-Man's butt. <laughs> let's do a butt tally. Yeah. What happened um, to the butt like, tally? Josh are talking about like the creators, like what they were going through at the time they were writing this. And Julie and I are like, look at his butt. <laughs> <laughs> You oh, see man. it three times in this one. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. all right. Well, I guess for <laughs> the last time, I'd like to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, please leave us your final reviews of the uh, final issues of the Spider-Man comics we've been reading. Uh, you can find us at thecomicbooksyndicate.com. You can also find us on Facebook, not on Twitter. Uh, and YouTube at the Comic Book Syndicate. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about what we're doing. Let's keep that comics conversation going. That's right. And stay tuned because coming up soon, we'll be launching three new podcasts on the Comic Book Syndicate. That's right. YouTube, website, uh, Insta- no, not Instagram, uh, Stitcher, <laughs> and Apple Podcast channels. So keep your eyes peeled for those. And for the last time ever, Spider Friends! Go for it!